Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. So very glad to have you with us out yesterday, so no show. And then we've got Bats Baseball on Thursday in the 11 o'clock hour, or at least it begins in the 11 o'clock hour, so no show on Thursday. And probably will not be back on Friday. We've got a day full of coverage uh, surrounding horse racing in the track and, of course, the Kentucky Derby coming up Saturday, the Oaks on Friday, and a lot of action really from today forward at Churchill Downs. Just a great place to be. Uh, this time of year. Glad to have you with us today. Plenty to get caught up on after no show yesterday. Lots of recruiting stuff. A big commitment locally. Wesley Sella Husky, seven footer from Floyd Central. He has made a college commitment, a Division I college commitment, and we'll tell you about that coming up here in just a bit. And so many things that we're going to cover here in this hour. A few reminders for you if you can't join us live. You can always find our show available as a podcast. It's really available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. We would love to hear from you, your questions, your comments, topics you want to talk about. It's just like sending a text message. Open your uh, phone up, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And don't forget to download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment 1, headlines for this Wednesday, May 4th. We'll start with recruiting. We'll get into a lot of other stuff today including some high school sports and high school basketball notes that came out from a big meeting, the annual meeting uh, for the IHSA on Monday. And there's some interesting things to pass along from that. So we'll cover a lot of those in the first segment today. Later in the show, Wednesday means we get a chance to talk with Dustin Dopirak, who writes for the Bloomington Herald Times. You may also read his work on the Indy Star as well. We'll get caught up with IU basketball, the latest with Trace Jackson Davis and his uh, testing the waters of the NBA draft coming up uh, in June. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about IU, Mike Woodson in the offseason and some recruiting today as well with Dustin when he joins us a little bit later in the show today. Then uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he'll be with us as well. Uh, We'll catch up on some of the big high school sports changes Uh, including some teams that are headed to different sectionals and, in some cases, different classes next season. So we'll tell you about that later. That segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company, and uh, Josh will join us in segment number three today. That's the show lineup. 
a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A look at headlines today. Uh, some recruiting stuff first. Xavier Booker has had an unbelievable spring so far playing in some of the shoe circuit events that are out there. In fact, Xavier's uh, team has, has done really well. Also, he got uh, watched by a lot of coaches that last spring evaluation period. He was actually in Louisville, uh, and he got an offer from uh, Kansas. So that's probably his biggest offer as far as a blue blood college basketball program goes. But a very important guy in the state. Uh, Indiana obviously tracking him closely, as are many other programs. But you can add a list uh, to his list, Kansas, of scholarship offers that he has received so far. And I really think with his uh, potential, his athleticism, and as everything comes together for him, uh, when you get into the month of July, don't be surprised to see if uh, some of the other Blue Bloods don't reach out or become more involved or uh, offer him a scholarship as his recruitment really seems to be taking off. Also, if you're tracking all the scholarship offers that IU has offered this spring, you could add another player uh, from the uh, prep circuit uh, up east, TJ Power of Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. He was offered by IU earlier in the week. He is a 2023 player, so a guy that's going to be a senior next season. Indiana really gotten more involved with younger players in the last few weeks, dropping down to the 24 and 25 classes. Of course, the 25 class, we all know Harrelson and Sicily from the state of Indiana are uh, at the top of that list and we think going to be throughout the recruiting process. We'll see if Indiana can keep some of those big guys in state. But uh, Power from uh, Massachusetts, another out-of-state name uh, in the 2023 class. Also, I did not mention this, uh, earlier in the week, and I, I wanted to today, uh, only at certain schools, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, and I guess that may not be a fair statement because you get connected to your announcer, you get connected to your PA guy, uh, especially if they do a really good job. And we all know Chuck Crabb was a legend at Assembly Hall for so many years, and he's got so many iconic phrases and just little different ways he went about certain announcements and the starting lineups and the sophomore. Uh, if you heard him, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so he will be missed. And he kind of made an abrupt decision to resign in the middle of the season. I think as more came out about that, he wanted to get to retirement and enjoy some time away with his wife. And he had had a friend that he worked with in Indiana that passed away kind of unexpectedly that was older than he was. So we all get that. But uh, it was kind of an inopportune time in the middle of a college basketball season where you kind of become accustomed uh, to a voice like his especially. Uh, but IU announced on Monday that Jeremy Gray is going to replace him. Jeremy Gray, if you really are a diehard IU fan, should be uh, a name you're familiar with. He is a senior associate athletic director already in the athletics department. He's going to be the full-time PA announcer for the men's and the women's basketball game. So he'll be pulling some double duty his job with athletics during the day uh, and PA opportunities in the evenings for the games on the weekends uh, for the men's and women's basketball program. Yes, he did fill in for uh, Mr. Crabb upon his retirement. I thought he did a nice job. So uh, good to see that IU has a voice to carry them into the future in Assembly Hall. Also, uh, one college women's basketball note, um, IU 
uh, has really jumped up the women have in the way early offseason rankings after some of the recent additions from the transfer portal. It's been a really good offseason for the Hoosier women. Uh, Coach Terry Moore has been hitting that portal hard. And in the latest ESPN rankings that came out, the Hoosiers, uh, the women Hoosier, Hoosiers, up to number 11 uh, in the poll that came out uh, earlier in the week. So again, nice to see. I think you can say this if you're an IU fan. It's nice to see the IU women, uh, once again, after a great two, three, four-year period, projected to continue to be very strong in women's college basketball. And it's really nice in the offseason to see the IU men's program be a program that is going to garner a lot of attention in the offseason. They're not at the top. They're not in the top 10, 15 in most polls. The men aren't. But uh, just the fact that they uh, are buzzing in the Big Ten Conference as a team uh, to watch and that maybe could be if Trace Jackson Davis comes about back, maybe could be a, a, a outside favorite or the favorite to win the conference uh, next season. Also, a couple local things. Big commitment uh, yesterday, Wesley Selahusky, seven-foot player from Floyd Central who had a really nice career as a Highlander. He committed to uh, Air Force Academy, which means he's going to team up with former Floyd Central player Jake Hydebreeder, Air Force Academy located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Hydebreeder had an outstanding uh, freshman season. His team was just okay, but individually for uh, Jake, he had just a tremendous year to start his college career and need to see that he'll be teaming up uh, with the Sella Husky, who was so important uh, to the Highlanders and their successful season uh, this past year, leading Floyd to a 20-5 and record. He averaged nine points, six rebounds, two block shots a game. But if you saw him play, or if you're a Floyd fan or you're a fan of a school that played against the Highlanders, on a regular basis. Uh, those two blocks, uh, really it's more than that. He affects so much in the post and with shots. Uh, very, very tough defender and so neat to see him get a chance. Obviously we knew he was going to play college basketball. There was no question about that, but neat to see him get a chance to play at the D1 level. Another guy locally getting a shot at the D1 level and neat to see that he's going to play with uh, Jake Hybreeder of Floyd Central, the former teammates hooking up again out in Colorado Springs. Also, some other high school notes. I told you a lot of high school stuff here in this Wednesday headline segment. Uh, earlier this week, the IHSA approved two emerging sports, which means sports that likely have a future in the IHSA, that likely will have a state tournament sanctioned by the IHSA very soon. And now the IHSA will provide them with some support and a rule book and coaches meetings and so many other things that their support means. Boys volleyball, which is red hot in our state. A lot of schools adding that. I think most of the local schools, uh, not all, but most now have a boys volleyball team. A lot of them started as clubs a number of years ago, but now have become actual teams where they play other schools. There is a uh, boys volleyball state tournament through the Coaches Association, uh, but it's now an emerging sport, which means it's headed to be uh, an IHSA sport very soon. Also, girls wrestling. This is the one that kind of caught me by surprise. 350 girls representing 113 different schools in this year's, this past year's girls wrestling state tournament. I would have never known 
uh, is, is involved as I am with local sports, the interest in girls wrestling across the state. That's a really good number. So both of those sports approved as emerging sports. A couple other things from the board meeting that I thought would be interesting to pass along. Uh, number one, uh, the Carmel High School principal uh, proposed, and it was uh, passed, an amendment that if there were to be a weather or other emergency situations, the IHSA could now reschedule a state tournament contest to a Sunday, which Sundays have always been off limit in our state for practice and games and everything officially sanctioned uh, by the Indiana High School Athletic Association. I think this makes a lot of sense, especially in baseball and other sports where weather can really, really put you up against it and you don't want to see a team get an advantage because they've had a longer break or more time to prepare. Uh, and I'm sure this will only be used in dire situations, but the fact that it now is on the table, I think is, is good for the IHSA. Also, the Evansville North principal uh, and the uh, Southern Indiana Athletic Conference, which is a lot of the Evansville schools, they put a proposal together that would have eliminated restrictions on Indiana schools from hosting teams farther than 300 miles away or being able to compete against the school from beyond the travel limit at an out-of-state event. That's been a rule that I think a lot of people are growing tired of, Indiana schools unable to go play in some of the big showcases that are out there, uh, and also Indiana schools unable to host teams from more than 300 miles away. But that tape, that proposal uh, was, uh, was not approved, I do not believe. So that is something to, to uh, follow here in future years. I think that, that will, there will be some support. That will gain some interest from others involved in our game. Uh, the big news from a high school perspective, girls basketball, sectional alignments out in every sport. I'm going to start with girls basketball. Silver Creek officially now in 4A uh, for the next two seasons at least. They will compete in the local sectional that includes New Albany, Jeffersonville, Floyd Central, and now Silver Creek joining Bedford and Jennings County and Seymour. So we've got four of our local schools in the same girls sectional. No other real changes on the girls side. The big change on the boys side, actually two of them, in class 3A, uh, Brownstown drops back to 2A and Brownstown will join 2A sectional 46, which will include Providence and Southwestern and Henryville, Eastern Pekin, Clarksville and Austin as well. So the pioneers who came out of that sectional last year who won the state tournament coming out of sectional 46. Things got a lot tougher for Providence and all of the schools because, you know, Brownstown, year in and year out, a very, very strong program, one of the best in southern Indiana, and they're going to drop down to 2A, and they've officially been put in the same sectional as Providence for next season. Also in 1A, a couple small changes of interest. Uh, the Borden sectional, that's Borden Christian Academy, Lanesville, Rock Creek and South Central, uh, you can add West Washington to that sectional. New Washington is going to leave sectional 61 and they will now play in sectional 62, which includes Crothersville, Medora, Rising Sun, Shaw Memorial, and Trinity Lutheran. So other changes and other sports, you can find them all on the IHSA.org website, but those are some of the more interesting changes and rules and proposals I thought that stood out. 
uh, from the IHSA meeting where a lot of stuff was discussed, approved, denied on Monday. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We will head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times is with me. The latest on IU basketball with Dustin. We'll catch up on recruiting, Trace Jackson Davis, and so much more. Don't forget, send a text in on the Thornton's text line, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you here on this Wednesday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times with me to talk IU basketball and more in this segment. And Dustin, uh, recruiting, obviously, in the transfer portal as well, uh, probably most active right now for this IU basketball team. Uh, I've seen a number of new scholarships go out here in the last few weeks since the conclusion of the two spring evaluation periods. And as we talk about prospects, I always want to bring up needs of this team uh, looking ahead to future seasons. But between the transfer portal and COVID years and roster management in general, uh, I, I get why it's so hard for a college coach to recruit at the high school level these days because I'm not sure how you can think ahead two or three years looking at high school prospects and figure out your needs and, and your wants as well with all the change that seems to happen as soon as the season comes to an end. No, absolutely. I mean, you're really guessing uh, in, in a lot of cases in terms of what you're going to need and, and, and what – I mean, you have some informed ways of guessing, obviously. I mean, that that's, you know, part of the point of recruiting is to get to know the kid, uh, get to know the player, get to know the person, you know, know what that person's going to want, like how how much wanderlust they have, honestly. Uh, you know, that that's sort of part of it. And knowing, okay, you know, a, like a kid like Anthony Leal is going to stick around. The kid like Trey Galloway is going to stick around. Like, you just know that about the kid. Um, and you, you just have a sense of what they are and who they're going to be. I mean, in some cases, guys are going to leave early for the NBA. They're going to be that good. Uh, in some cases, guys are going to, you know, really uh, demand to play right away. Uh, you know, that's a big piece for them. I mean, the more you talk to them, the more you get to know. But obviously, I mean, any number of things can happen. I mean, guys can blow up and, and end up being better than you expected. Like, I mean, you know, Iowa loses, is, you know, loses a Keegan Murray because he's a top 10 pick. I mean, three years ago, you're not thinking of, of Keegan Murray as a top 10 pick. You're certainly not thinking of Chris Murray as a top, you know, as, as a draftable guy. Um, and that happens pretty quickly. Things can move. So you, you do got to be prepared for that. But I do think, you know, you, you can get a sense of what you need. You want, you know, you want to make sure you're always, you're always getting a point guard every, you know, at least every other class just to be safe. You know, you want to make sure you're getting a, a solid big man at least every other class. Uh, just to be safe, and I think it's that that's kind of a, and and after that you're trying to get multi-positional guys, uh, you know, guys who can play somewhere between two and four, uh, or or more than one of those positions, uh, basically who have the size, the length, and the skill to be able to to you know combine to do those things. Um, so that's I think 
And, and I think you're seeing that so far. I mean, I think if, if you look at the guys that they're recruiting right now, I mean, obviously they're looking at um, a big, in the, you know, looking for bigs, I think, in the 2024 class in particular, you know, having gotten Reno, I don't think they consider that as a major priority in 2023. But they'll obviously take one. And But I, I do think, obviously, you know, and, and I think that the fact that they've got Jalen Huchofino coming in and then Gabe Cups in 2023, I don't think they're making point guard uh, a major priority right now. But, I mean, I think they're just trying to fill up uh, those spaces in between, look for some twos, look for some threes, and in particular, look for some guys who can shoot. I think that's, uh, I think that clearly seems to be a priority uh, at this point, and it makes sense. You know, wh- whatever position they're playing, I think it's important, obviously, for Indiana to make a concerted, uh, intentional effort uh, to go get shooters. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, staying with recruiting, Xavier Booker. I mentioned this earlier today. He was offered by Kansas yesterday. So he adds another big scholarship offer to his growing list. Are we seeing his recruiting begin to, I think it's already started to spawn outside of the Midwest, but are we seeing his recruiting maybe now starting to hit a national level as far as the Blue Bloods getting involved? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Kansas is all, is always uh, a good sign of that when they get going. Obviously, I mean, that's a Midwestern school still, but, uh, you know, when Kansas weighs in, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, you know, like, like they, they go after, you know, the best of the best. I mean, so at this point, I mean, you're not seeing the bluest of bloods. I mean, I don't think he's got, I mean, I think Duke has shown some interest. I don't think uh, he has an office in them yet. I'm just going to his offer sheet right now, um, you know, on 24 seven. And, and right now, most of them are Midwestern, but I think Kansas is kind of a portal into, you know, what everybody's looking at. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like it, it, very rarely does Kansas get involved and then Kentucky not get involved. And then, you know, and then Duke not get involved and North Carolina not get involved. If they're not yet, they probably will be. Uh, and, you know, at least, at least one of them, not necessarily all of them, but you're going to see, I think one of, you know, more than one of those uh, get involved. And it's obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, really a really skilled kid uh, at 6'10", 205, you know, a guy who really fits the bill for what people are looking for, I think at the next, uh, at the next level. So no, I, I do expect that you're going to see, you know, more of that, but, but I think Kansas weighing in is, is a, uh, is one of those sort of watershed moments where you might see a, a few of the other ones jump on board and decide to offer. All right, Dustin, as far as the transfer portal goes, really it's Dexter Dennis, uh, the only real name Indiana has zeroed in on. I haven't seen anything update the last few days and really the last week or so with his recruitment. He took a number of visits and seems to really be weighing this out. Have you heard? Have you seen? Have you read anything on when Dexter could make a decision? I saw I saw someone tweeting out from Missouri that he's going to post a top six today. Um, so yeah, that's you know further sign that he's taking his time. I mean, I think a lot of people had a thought maybe that was going to be Indiana on a pretty you know, immediate basis. I saw that just kicking around. Um, but obviously it seems like he's really taking time with this. He can. He doesn't have to make a decision right now. He's obviously got another number of schools that are after him and that are interested. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Indiana remains in a, in a difficult situation where they don't have uh, any openings if Trace Jackson Davis returns. Um, so, and, and basically now that you're past that uh, transfer deadline that you get to transfer without um, – uh, you know, without penalty. Um, at this point, if they, you know, try have to move somebody out and say, you know, hey, somebody, you know, you're, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, they can't transfer within Division One. You know, that the, there's going to be have to, you know, kind of some kind of waiver for that rule uh, for them to be able to go and, 
you know, um, and it not basically cause them an issue. So that makes for a tricky situation. I think that's probably hurt Indiana's cause, you know, significantly is that they don't know uh, if they can use him or not, or, or what they would have to do to make space available for him. Um, so I, I would think that probably makes it less likely uh, that he ends up there. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a certainty or not, but I mean, it just becomes a lot trickier because I mean, I do think, um, you know, the odds still are on Trace Jackson Davis coming back uh, at this point. I mean, and it, that doesn't mean that he definitely will because he could obviously go to the combine, blow up, and somebody could decide to take him in, you know, early, you know, the top 35 picks or whatever it is he's saying he wants to go. Um, and so that spot could open up. Um, there's, there's a lot of evaluation to be done. He's going to have some opportunity to be seen by, by teams. He might be able to impress them a lot to sort of move up the draft boards. But at this moment, I think it's more likely than not that he stays. Um, and that means, you know, Indiana can only push so hard for, for Dexter Dennis because they don't know if they're going to have an opening for him. All right, talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. One other player in the transfer portal, and I, you talk about not seeing a lot of updates. I haven't seen much from Keon Brooks, or maybe I've just missed it. A uh, guy out of Fort Wayne, Archie Miller and staff, really recruited him closely. He was really one of the big misses, the, the few that Archie had in the state, at least, with recruiting. Has he named anything as far as his next list of suitors or p- potential schools goes? Uh, no, I'm seeing, I, I just, just Googled him, um, or not Googled, just, just searched him on Twitter. Uh, he's received the G League Elite Camp invite, um, so I think that's obviously an option as, as a place that he could go um, and go that way. So it's an option. I, have, I haven't seen really any other schools uh, involved with him. Um, and so, I mean, it's still relatively early. I mean, that I, I, he might have just, um, I, guess, I guess Friday night was when it was official. So I mean, it, it, he'll have some time, and I think he, this might have just shown up. Um, you know, that uh, it might have just come through as far as the paperwork is concerned. So, you know, we'll see on that one. I, I would be surprised if Indiana really got involved there, um, just just for the simple fact that um, just because of the numbers game that we just mentioned with Dexter Dennis. Um, so we'll see where we'll see where that goes. But he is in the portal now, and, and I think this, it's kind of just begun. Um, you know, a G League situation I think is possible for him too. So, you know, we'll see what, what the next move is for him. But, you know, uh, not nothing yet. Haven't seen anything. Um, you know, as far as anybody recruiting him, but it's still really early. All right. Uh, also, Trace Jackson Davis, you mentioned uh, the prospects of him returning for next season. I've been off the grid a little bit the last few days. I've not seen NBA Combine invites, uh, a list or anything. We, we've got to believe those have went out or will be going out. Um, any update on him as he prepares this month to go through and is already preparing in California now uh, to, to get ready for workouts and whatever else uh, opportunity-wise he might have to see if he can get drafted. Yeah, I haven't seen, haven't seen yet. Obviously, these have just sort of trickled as opposed to being released in one list, um, which is kind of obnoxious. <laughs> Basically, just like, just put a list out, just tell everybody the same way they do with the NFL Combine. Um, there's you know no reason not to just you know, put out a list to everybody who's there. I mean, I, I guess it's a question of, you know, accepting your declining and you're putting in many, in many out there. And if someone decides not to go to it for whatever reason, uh, you know, being able to release the next one, you know, go to the next person, the next person, the next person to kind of fill up those spots. Because obviously there's not nearly as many, there's not the same capacity to have, 
uh, a basketball combine can't do what a football combine can do when you just have a massive football field and you can do a whole bunch of things all over the place. You can only do so much with basketball courts. Um, so I'm sure there's, I mean, there's obviously a more limited um, number there. So I'm sure that if they're extending invites to guys who are saying for some reason they can't do it um, or don't want to do it or are injured or whatever it is, they're you know, sort of going to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and making sure everybody that they can get over there, you know, is there. Um, but I haven't seen haven't seen his name yet. Just sort of seen a handful of names trickle out. Julian Champagne is one I just saw. Um, so I, I expect you'll know by the end of the week um, if he's going to get an invite there. Obviously, even if he doesn't get uh, an invite to the combine, he's going to get uh, invites to individual workouts. Uh, you know, places like, like I'm sure the Pacers will work him out. I mean, obviously, they, and there's a lot of guys who um, get you know sort of individual team invites that don't get. Um, combine invites because obviously if there's one or two guys they want to see, they've got to bring in other players to create a game. Um, so he's at the very least going to get something like that. I just can't imagine that, 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 that he's not going to get opportunities, you know, for workouts for teams. Uh, you know, that's a certainty. And I, but I just can't imagine why you want to, wouldn't want to see him in the combine. I mean, if, if, if you're curious uh, as a scout in terms of, okay, who fits us, who doesn't, but also who can play, uh, I want to know what Trace Jackson Davis looks like. Um, I, I, I want a better sense of, of what he can do. Um, more like I know what he can do in Indiana's system. I, I know what he can do when he's a back-to-the-basket guy. Uh, I want to see what it looks like if, he, if I force him to play out in the open floor. Is he better at that than, than you've seen? Um, just because he hasn't had a lot of opportunity. It's just basically if you force him to handle the ball in the perimeter, if you force him to take jump shots, if that is something that he has to do in front of you, um, you know, what does that really look like? Because you just haven't seen enough of it in game um, to really know. So if, I, if, I'm a, if I'm an NBA scout, Chase Jackson Davis is high on my list of people that I want to see. You know, some of the other guys that you already know, you know, what you think of them. I mean, like, you know, like if, if you're picking 10th or whatever, your Chet Holmgren's going to be gone and you know it. You know, so is Paolo Banchero and, and Jabari Smith. I mean, like, you really don't need to see those guys. Um, you know, like they're they're not on your list. You know, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray. You know, you you know those guys can be top five picks. So what's the point of, you know, if I'm a, if I'm anywhere near lower down the list, I'm put, you know it's guys like Trace Jackson Davis I really want to see. Your uh, your partner in crime Zach Osterman of the the Indy Star who joins us this show on Monday he had a really interesting piece and I don't want to give it away for those that subscribe but. Uh, the Trace Jackson Davis decision on what he ultimately does. Does he stay in the draft and hope to get drafted at some point in the second round and enter the NBA through that uh, direction? Or does he come back to IU, play another season in Bloomington, work on some things, hope to lead Indiana and maybe the Big Ten Conference in another big season for him, and also make money, uh, maybe very legitimate money through the NIL process He's a great example of, and there's a lot of examples if you look across the country, guys that really aren't legitimately consistently in the second round as far as the mock drafts go, uh, that's declared for the draft, that's going to go through this process, and it really could go either way. And we've seen a lot of players so far choose another year of college basketball because of major NIL deals and opportunities that are out there. So Trace is kind of a study, I think, one of many this offseason on how NIL affects players leaving early for the NBA when there's legitimate NIL money on the table and no NBA guarantee. Right. No, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of it's it, it is fascinating, I think. And it's not just um, it's the NIL money and it's also combining combining that with 
what is desired from a big man now uh, at the NBA. Uh, basically, you know, there, there are guys, I think, who, um, with the league operating differently um, in the old days, I mean, Jackson Davis is only kind of on this list because he's 6'9", and, and basically if you go, go to the sort of more um, – you know, post-up oriented, you know, ISO type stuff of the early 2000s with guys like Shaq and whatnot, you know, Trace is still probably not uh, high on that list, but he basically even as, as a power forward in that stage, I mean, he probably would have fit a, a little bit better. Um, but, you know, it's Armando Baycott, it's, it's, it's Oscar Shibwe, it's guys like that who, you know, maybe are an inch or two shorter from what you've got to be to dominate uh, in the paint at that level at this point, but also, you know, um, uh, basically, that it's a more spaced out game. You know, you, you have to be more perimeter, per, perimeter oriented, even as a big man. So, you know, guys that can dominate at the college level uh, that that aren't as desirable as they would have used to be at the NBA level are looking at this and saying, okay, well, I can make a lot of money and win a lot of games uh, at the college level. Like, what's the point of me going there and just trying to scrap for playing time and hang on? Um, when I can cash out now, you know, when I could probably make more money now than, than trying to, to scratch onto an NBA roster spot, maybe end up in the G League. Um, you know, all of those things are sort of, those two things are really coming together that um, it makes a lot more sense, basically. Like, you, you don't have to go there to get a paycheck now because you can get a paycheck, you can get several paychecks from several different sources in college. Uh, and the ante is being upped, um, you know, right now, basically. I mean, it, it's just been such a drastic, um, some drastic movement on the NIL level the last couple of weeks between this, you know, Jordan Addison rumored situation, um, you know, with him transferring out of pit apparently for NIL reasons, you know, the Nigel Pack deal. Um, there's, there's obviously a lot of money is being thrown around. Uh, and shoot, you know, I mean, like, if you don't know you're getting big time NBA money, I mean, like, you, you might as well sit around and see where this goes, you know, just because the market is changing so fast and improving so fast. So there's a, there's a bunch of these guys, I man. I think Kofi Coburn is staying, if I'm not mistaken, in the in the draft. Um, I can't remember what Hunter Dickinson's doing, but I, I, I think he's, is he coming back? I feel like the, these were moving so uh, fast and so I, furious that I'm like, sort of forgetting I, already. I, I don't recall. I think he's I think he's sticking around. So I mean, he's got a lot of NIL money on the table, and, and he's got some NBA transferable skills. Um, so no, I mean, it, 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 there's a bunch of these guys are test cases. Trace isn't the first one. Really, Oscar Shibwe is the first one. I mean, on the fact that he's going to be you know consensus national player of the year uh, and come back um, is again a, a remarkable. Um, uh, all the testament you need for how much of a difference NIL is making. Um, you know, for for these guys to stick around, he's not been a guy that's been highly sought after. Uh, as, as far as the draft situation, again, a guy that really dominates the college level right now, but doesn't necessarily translate in the same way in the NBA that he might have used to uh, years ago. And so, you know, he's at Kentucky, he's at a blue blood program, and with a lot of people who want to throw money his way. Um, so he's already made the decision to stick around, not even trying to go through the process. So, it, again, it absolutely tells you a lot about how this is moving the needle. And for Trace, it's, it's got to be a consideration. I think another thing Zach pointed out that I've been, been pointing out as well is there is the counter of, you know, go to the G League because you need to develop uh, things that you won't develop as long as you're concerned about winning, um, basically, as far as shooting a jump shot. You know, you're not going to take a lot of those chances and a lot of those risks at Indiana because you want to win basketball games. And, you know, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to go out there and shoot 30% from three when you can get to your left hand whenever you want to and score around the rim whenever you want to um, if you want to win games. And so it's like if you want to go somewhere where the wins don't matter, uh, that might be your best chance of development. So I think that's a factor he's got to consider as well. Um, but certainly the money is a big deal. And, you know, hey, you can also, you know, the G League will still be there a year from now. Um, you know, you, you, can, you can get your money as a senior, you know, do one more year and then go uh, professional. And if, if that's the year that you spend in the G League, 
you know, develop a good jump shot, you know, you got a lot of money out of, you know, you squeezed as much money as you could out of Indiana and, and out of Bloomington, out of whoever's going to throw money at you. Um, you know, all of that makes sense too. So, I mean, I, I, obviously, again, the NIL makes is, is absolutely completely changing the game more, more, I think, even with basketball than anything else. All right, one other thing for you. Speaking of NIL, I saw a Sports Illustrated report earlier today that uh, university administrators and others are forming a task force to try to get this stuff in hand, specifically with what I think are termed as NIL collectives, which there are at least a couple uh, for IU players that have been formed, IU athletes that I'm aware of. Uh, I've heard off-the-record stuff from folks in the college game that's just amazing. Well, this player said he's going to stay and he's going to get X amount of NIL money and a vehicle. And this player said if he leaves and goes here, he's going to triple his NIL money and get this, this, and that as extra benefits. Uh, does this and I, I and I also recognize we're in a time when Mark Emmert is getting ready to depart the NCAA, and people I think are tired of the NCAA's lack of misma- or mismanagement over the years. Um, so with all that said. Do you think we're headed to a place at some point as NIL really takes hold in college sports that there's got to be some governance of it, there's got to be some regulations uh, set around it, this stuff has to be a bit more controlled so it doesn't completely spiral out of hand? Yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. the tough part is, is it's, it's also looking at it and saying, okay, what does, uh, and, and, I, and I don't even know where, where to begin with this, but what does Austin say about that? What's, what, what does the Supreme Court decision say about that? Um, and what, you know, and, and not only that, what will, what does that precedent set? What will it say if you take it to the next step and the next step and the next step? If you bring these involved, if, if, if once you start going on those principles in the first place, uh, we're talking about how they, you know, they've earned the right. I, I guess I, I don't know that Alston makes that much of a difference as far as this is concerned, but it's like if, if they were willing to go that way on Alston, what would you? What would it become if you brought it back? Would, would, like if, if you were saying basically, all right, we've we've allowed this NIL deal and it's it's been sort of enshrined in various state law. Um, can you regulate who's allowed to give them money uh, or, or how they're allowed to do it? You know, is, is that something the NCA is allowed to do? Um, you know, based based on its standing of, of whatever kind of organization you want to call it. Um, so th- there's a lot of questions to be asked there. I mean, I, I think. Obviously, schools are going to want to do it because I think they absolutely feel this slipping away from them really, really fast right now. Um, you know, when, when it's guys are sort of up for open bids and and, and apparently, I, I mean, I think you have to wonder if they're being approached uh, before they enter the portal. I mean, I, I think that's that I think is a central concern. And, and I think maybe they'll be able to regulate that, that you can't reach out um, as a, you know, a, a, as an NIL collective from another school. Um and say, hey, we'd really appreciate it if you know we, we would be able to pay you this if you went to our school. You know, like you can't have a bidding war for a guy who hasn't formally entered the portal yet. Um, you know, I think that's those. I think are a lot of the concerns as far as, or, or or do you just want it that you can't recruit somebody with it at all? Um, you know, you you can't contact somebody until they're at your school. You know, like you have to register as a collective within a particular school, and you have like you cannot contact anybody that they are, you know, associated with until they get to your school, at which point you can say what you want, but you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to be a part of the recruiting process, whether that's through the portal or as, a, as an initial uh, recruiter. You're not allowed to talk to anybody. They have to figure you out for yourself, uh, figure you out for themselves. I mean, I, I think obviously schools are seeing this get out of hand 
really, really fast, but I don't know that they know what kind of apparatus is going to be available to them. And they've got to figure that out because, I mean, they can't, you, you don't want them. I think, again, I, I think the worst, one of the worst things they could do, I think, would be to create an apparatus, a structure to, to uh, minimize this that ultimately doesn't pass legal muster. That, that if, if, it, if it gets taken to court, uh, if someone sues, you, sues them over, you know, uh, um, you know, sort of hindering their market value or whatnot, then it ends up getting struck down and you have to start over again and you have to create something new that, that fits. Um, you know, they're going to have to be able to just sort of work and, and really look at the legal uh, ramifications of it and decide how do we do this uh, without eventually getting this struck down. Um, and so that they're, they're in a tough spot. Um, they have not, they spent years not preparing for this, just basically, you know, sticking their feet in the ground and say, we're not going to do this at all. Um, and now that it's happening all around them, they don't have any sense of it. And I, and I, and I think they're still sort of begging uh, for federal law. I mean, more than anything else, I think they're be- begging for Congress uh, to step in and do something about it. And Congress has other issues um, to deal with, you know. So, uh, you know, college sports is high up there, but I mean, uh, for you know, particularly for the party that's currently in control of of, of both both houses, I mean, they're just trying to hold on um, to their majority. So their their most important thing is not college sports right now. Um, so basically, it's like the NCAA is sort of sitting there waiting for something to happen, and it's going to try to force some kind of action, but it's got to make sure that it that it's not going to be something um, that eventually gets struck down in court as being illegal. All right, good stuff. Dustin Doperak with us always on Wednesdays for IU basketball, football, college sports, and more. Always appreciate your insight. Uh, Have a great week. Hey, Kentucky Derby, I I know you're a little to the north, but do you have a pick for us this week, Dustin? I don't. I have God, I haven't looked at anybody. And I usually usually don't until, like, I don't know, 10 minutes before post. (laughs) <laughs> that's usually when I decide I'm going to care about the Kentucky Derby, and I just come up with the cool the, the, the name I like the most. Who doesn't have odds that are horrendous, that are like atrocious? So I'm still. Uh, who was the guy? Two was it two years ago? I think that that had. Uh, it was three years ago. The, the the one that ended up just jumping like that like that got his like rider off and almost won the thing. That's my favorite horse of all time. So I don't even know what his name is, but he was awesome. So that I'm that's I, I, I'm not I'm totally to roped into the Derby. That was one of my favorites. Right. I think that right. was well, freakness. I think he, so. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. I'm, I'm trying yeah, to recall. I don't, I don't have. I don't, I don't have a great it. sense of this for the Derby. I'll, I'll. I'll. Maybe I'll have a better idea by the end of the week. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we appreciate having you. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. He joins us Wednesday Wednesdays here on the program. We'll head to a break. Come back with Josh Cook. Sports editor of the News and Tribune, presented by Major League Shirt Company. Lots to get to. Wesley Sella Husky is committed to Air Force Academy. And as I ran through in the first segment of the show today, a lot of changes uh, as far as classifications and sectionals and other things we want to cover with Josh today. So stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on this Wednesday program, a couple reminders for you. This segment with Josh Cook brought to you by 
Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including t-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com. Josh, we've got a lot of high school sports stuff to get to quickly today. Wesley Selahusky going to team up with his former Highlander teammate, Jake Hydebreeder of Floyd Central out at Air Force Academy. You had that story yesterday. Another Division I player from our area headed to play at the highest level. Yeah, how about that? That's awesome. Uh, you know, great for Wes and his family. But, yeah, uh, just uh, he's, uh, he's a testament to, you know, kind of what hard work can do. You know, Wes obviously um, – was a was kind of a kind of a project player, I guess you'd say at Floyd. You know, he he developed over the four years, and and uh, man, you get a you get a, a scholarship to uh, Air Force came. That's pretty good. So, you know, he uh, he worked hard. He had a great senior year. You know, he was a big uh, big presence in the middle for Floyd, and, and a big difference maker for him. That's for sure. And you know, he uh, he had a great sectional tournament too. I know um, uh, Todd was really happy with uh, with the way he played in the sectional. So. It's just a, just a great great thing for him and his family, and uh, you know hopefully hopefully he and Jake uh, team team up for three big years there. Yeah, that's neat to see those guys get a chance to play together. And of course, Jake Hodbreeder had an outstanding uh, season, I thought, for his freshman campaign. Josh Cook is with me. This segment is brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Josh, a number of changes that we learned about earlier in the week from the IHSA. Uh, Silver Creek girls, we knew going up to 4A. Brownstown coming down on the boys' side to 2A. They are officially now in a sectional with Providence and Clarksville, some of our local schools, uh, and other changes as well. Give us a recap of some of the news we learned and what stands out most to you. Yeah, lots, lots of changes. Uh, you know, nothing. Well, I mean, there's there's some big big app big ones uh taking place but yeah the silver creek girls moving up to 4a obviously is a huge one uh after their back-to-back uh appearances in the 3a state final now now they're in that sectional with uh jeff new albany uh floyd and oh by the way bedford north lawrence which has won 10 straight sectional titles <laughs> and uh you know still has a really good team with chloe spring and uh the carson norman girls so they are uh, they're stacked uh and then in in, uh, in soccer too, Providence, uh, the boys were back to back appearances in the Class A final, so they're up to two A now. Um, and one of the other big ones that was Providence volleyball dropped down to three uh, A. You know they spent uh, like like the last five five seasons in four A due to that success factor, but then last year they lost in the sectional and kind of benefited from the COVID nineteen year, so they. Um, they're down to 3A next year, which would be, you know, that, that puts them in the same sectional with Silver Creek, uh, which is one five straight sectional. So that, that's very interesting. But Providence, you know, dropping down should be an immediate state title contender since they, you know, they were they were always ranked in, in a contender in 4A. So, uh, you know, even more so now in 3A, I think. So that's that's huge. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the, the Providence voice basketball team's uh, bit to repeat got, got a whole lot harder with uh, – with Brownstown moving into their sectional, Brownstown only maybe lost one or two players from from this year's team, which is ranked uh, in in 3A uh, at the end of the season. So, you know that's 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 tough news for Providence. Uh, 
you know, they're in, in another uh, basketball when uh, New Washington moved out of that sectional with uh, uh, they always played with Borden. Um, so that that's interesting for the for the boys and the girls. So um, on the girls side, they, the New Washington moves out of that sectional that includes Lanesville. You know, so that's that's kind of good for them to move out of that because Lanesville is, you know, a powerhouse now. So. And then in one A sectional, moving out of that Borden sectional for uh, for New Washington, it may give the the new coach uh, may have a shot at uh, maybe winning a sectional title next year. We'll see. Absolutely, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Thank you, Josh. That's going to wrap up our Wednesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.